Well, thanks everyone for tuning into the first episode of Selling to Friends. My name is Roman Pinnell and I'm here with my co-host, John. Glad to be here. Excited to get this thing kicked off. Likewise, John. So to everyone listening in, uh, kind of the plan for today, we're just going to initially start with a little bit of context around what we hope to accomplish with this podcast, how it fits into the plethora of additional sales podcasts in the world, why it's hopefully going to be relevant to our audience. And then what we're going to do is we're going to pivot a little bit into uh, about us. So if you do choose to start tuning into this podcast weekly, you'll have a little bit more context of who we are and what we are personally hoping to accomplish um, here in the, the, the future weeks, months, and, and hopefully years of, of doing this. So um, John, I guess just kind of kicking things off, why don't you just tell a little bit of the, the background? I know this, is a, this podcast is something we've been talking about for a little while. So uh, what was kind of the, when do we kind of have this brainchild to start recording and um, sharing, sharing our thoughts with, with our audience here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Roman and I were talking around what it is we do on a daily basis in, in sales roles and, you know, kind of the, the similarities and in, in what we do in different places we've worked both together and individually. And just the core theme throughout was always, Hey, when you're selling, you want to be selling to, you know, an internal champion, someone that we would start to kind of regard almost as a friend. So we, we thought that was really a good topic to kick off and have a conversation around. And uh, it was what kind of spun up the idea for us to sit down and, and record this. And to add some additional context to that for folks who, who may not necessarily be super familiar with the sales world or, or common sales methodologies, um, one of the big central themes of all sales methodologies um, is really focusing on the customer. So a customer-centric yep. approach or really focusing on the value to that customer or Medic, which is a big sales process I use. And, and Medic, just for, for quick reference, refers to uh, uh, anagram for metrics, economic buyer, decision criteria, decision process, identifying pain, and of course, champion. So the champion piece that we is what we really want to focus on. Absolutely. Yeah. And Roman, that is something, you know, those little anagrams that every company has, there's a million of them. You know, I've been in the B2B sales world at three companies. I've heard three, maybe even four different methodologies. But the one thing that's kind of ran rung true throughout all of them was the concept of building that internal champion. Right. And what what is that? I mean, just for the audience's sake, what is that champion, and what is the value to you, John, in 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 the deals that you're working today? The internal champion, really, the the concept around that is having somebody, and I think this was what the the idea that we all know the conversation continues after you get off the phone or after you leave a meeting, right? So having somebody internally that's going to be your pitch man, your, your guy that's in your corner and continues that conversation and extends your voice to everybody else involved, um, either tangentially or, you know, maybe even above them. It's something that, you know, it's vital to modern selling. And I think that's probably the best way of putting it. You think especially in the enterprise space, 
with deals continuing to lengthen and you're looking at months, in some cases, years, it is absolutely critical to have an inside man to really advocate for you and then for your business. So that that's where the value really starts coming in. And I guess pivoting a little bit to why we see this conversation as something that's of value to the market today is you especially think with the current climate of coronavirus and people working from home, there's a lot, oh, yeah. it's a lot easier to start becoming removed from the fact that the people that you're communicating with on a daily basis are people. And it's tough when you're not meeting them face to face. So really the hope of a podcast like this would be to start a dialogue around one of the what we perceive as the most critical pieces of the sales cycle, which is champion building. And how do we build meaningful relationships to actually start driving that sales cycle forward, um, really accelerating things as a whole. And at the end of the day, having great relationships within you know, a current customer or even across companies in the instance of that champion uh, you know, moves into a new role or to a new company. Yeah. And just a, a touch more on this before moving on. I think it's something that, that interests us and interests a lot of salespeople. Um, you know, the, the focus of this is champion building. Roman and I have been in positions as individual contributors where we've had hands-on experience with this, but we're not claiming to know everything, right? So a large part of this is going to be us trying to engage with you all, the listener, and continuing to learn, grow, and develop ourselves as well as, you know, helping everybody else out. So it's really, you know, just just a dialogue between us and, and anybody else willing to, to take that journey with us. Right. And, and that conversation is something that will end up being a lot broader because it's the nature of sales. Hopefully. There's obviously a lot of, right. <laughs> we don't want to stay too, too narrow-minded here. Um, but one of the big things we do hope to do is, is bringing in guest, you know, kind of guest folks on the the podcast to really talk about different aspects of sales as a whole. We hope to touch on the champion aspect during each episode, but we understand that the sales cycle as a whole is, is a lot bigger. So we hope to share insight around, um, you know, different, different practices and, and different ways of improving you as a salesperson. I, I understand it, John, you know, <laughs> back me up here, but I totally understand the importance of constantly trying to learn and, and to build your craft because in sales, you're always going to meet someone who's a little bit different and has a different take. And these, and th those people are always people that you can learn from and then apply it to your own unique approach to sales. Right. Yeah. We're not here to carbon copy anything any one person's doing, but take best practices from everybody else. Uh, I think, I think it's an apt time to give a shout out to our our boss, uh, Jesse Logan, when we worked together, um, his, his big, one of his biggest talking points was around being a lifelong learner and what that can do for, for people in a sales role, right? As soon as you get complacent or you think you know everything, that's, that's when, you know, somebody else can, can sneak up behind you and, you know, be, become better. Right. And for context there, so Jesse is, uh, he was one of our managers when we both worked into it together. And I, I think that's a, another good call out, John, is, is really taking that mentality to everything that you do and really finding ways to 
really grow um, and, and really constantly be working towards being the best rep and best leader that you could possibly be. Absolutely. Um, and I think that was a, a good segue too to our, our next talking point, Roman, if you want to kick off and give us a little bit of background, tell us about yourself up to the point of us meeting with uh, Mr. Jesse Logan. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I think some, some context around us will be helpful to the audience. Just understanding obviously a little bit more about who we are. Um, so I, I actually began my sales career at a startup during my senior year of college. So I actually thought for the longest time that I was going to go down the HR route. I was going to uh, probably work for an HR team in a big corporate company. I actually interned at Sabre in South Lake, Texas. And, it and you was majored in psychology, right? Right. Absolutely. So that was a big thought there as I was like, okay, well, I'm studying psychology that seems to have success in the business world in the HR field. So naturally that's what I'm going to do. You know, the, the classic lazy college right. student approach, <laughs> the first right. job, what, what job can you get with a psychology degree? <laughs> that came <laughs> up, And uh, that was it. I guess I, I had made the decision that I was going to be in HR, but um, I, I, I ended up taking this position with a startup uh, during my senior year, just because I was looking for a job that I could work full time. And the, the position with, with a startup is really exciting, you know, not just this startup specifically, but, but any startup, because you have the opportunity to wear a lot of different hats. So I had a little bit of experience in um, recruiting some new folks uh, for their service, which was at the time uh, lawn care on demand and uh, some customer success aspect, really making sure that customers were having a good experience. And when they pivoted their business model over to robotic lawnmowers, uh, which, which definitely seems probably to anyone listening as a bit of a novelty, they asked me to go and start selling that product. And that's really when I fell into sales. And it was something that I really enjoyed. And it's something that has now carried through the last four years and, um, you know, definitely happy and, and, you know, still, still happy that I took that position because of, of where it's led me. I'll follow that up. Um, Roman and I met into it. He he gave a little background into his college life, but then that was uh, working at Intuit in Dallas was out both of our first full time roles outside of college. So right. post graduation, that's that's where we met and uh, you know kind of got to know each other. And that's actually the position I picked up right after uh, Robin, as I worked uh, as a sales rep for them for about three months maybe mm -hmm. about two, one or two after college before picking up that position over at Intuit. Yep. And so just a little background on, on me leading up to that point of us meeting um, at Intuit. I, you know, went to a, uh, a high school, a private high school in North, North Dallas, grew up in Plano. I was one of the, the few kids that in my friend group, at least at this school that had a, a job in high school. And, you know, working through high school was some a bit rare for, you know, a private school kid. Um, but working really from that point on at 14, starting at the car wash became a large part of my identity, right? It was uh, something to be prideful of, something that I enjoyed doing and just, you know, a, a good thing to have. So my parents instilled a good work ethic in me from an early age and, you know, I took a job washing cars and 
uh, ended up in the car wash industry for, you know, 10 years or nine, nine and a half years. So you can do the math on that. It was, it was a while, <laughs> but through that, you know, I, I worked my way up to the point where I was actually, um, in a B2C sales role there, opening up some new car washes, um, you know, selling gift cards, selling car washes, trying to upsell things and a little bit of management as well. But that was really my first sales gig. Um, I, I had internships throughout college as well. Um, so John, just going back to the piece on the car wash real quick. So how, yeah. I, I know you mentioned in passing that your parents had you work in high school. How, how would you say that as a person that has sort of dictated your work ethic and sort of how you view kind of your professional, your professional work life? Yeah. You know, um, I'd say made me work is, is definitely not the, the verbiage I would use. Um, but I would they, say that they with my parents. Yeah. They definitely yeah, they, made me work. <laughs> they, they weren't going to, to fund me. Right. So they said, you know, if you want to go do something, you're, you're not, how are you going to pay for it? So that really, you know, put that concept in my head. If, if you want to do something, how are you going to pay for it? And that's, that's how I've started thinking about life. Right. And throughout my, uh, career choices that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, I've, I've always kind of thought of how can I be the best at what I do so I can, you know, provide for my, my family, the life that I want uh, them to have. So with that kind of and, and good job, kind of teeing me up for the, the next talking point there, Roman, um, with that framework, I went to uh, Texas tech university. I studied pre-med for a while. So I spent five years out in a, uh, West Texas pre-med clearly did not work out. Uh, I think I got to organic chemistry and then that was the end of that. I went to the business school um, and I, I thought I'd do finance, right? Because finance majors seem to make the most money. My brother's an investment banker. So I'd seen him be, you know, immensely successful in that world. Well, so I get into to corporate finance and I get an internship with a small software company. Um, at the time that I think it was 2013, I was doing the December books and the forecasting for their next fiscal year. I mean, every day hammering away at an Excel spreadsheet. I think I, I, it drove me up the wall. Right. And so I went back to school. I switched my degree to marketing. Um, that same software company actually gave me an internship as well in the marketing department. It was a little bit better. Um, I was engaging people more, you know, I felt like I was doing something, but I still was missing some aspect of that. Right. So why, why, what do you think that, that aspect was? Because obviously mm-hmm. you, you found that step up and in college, when you find something that's a little bit more enjoyable than the last thing, then that's easy to, to go with. I mean, that's the way it was for me when I yeah. fell into sales, I was like, Oh, I totally prefer this. This is the route I'm going. So what, what, what was it that kind of made you still yeah. hungry to look for something different? So I'd say the, the biggest thing that it was, was I, I was missing a personal touch right? I, I was sending things out. I knew that people were viewing this material that we were making, but I wasn't knowing if people were really engaged with it. I wasn't having a conversation around it. I was just sending things out and, you know, marketing does a great job. It's a great tool. So is HR, so is finance, everything else. It just wasn't something that was a, a glove fit for me. And so I went to uh, Paul and Steve, two guys that ran this company and said, Hey, you know, I, I'd really like to, to do a little bit of 
sales work. And keep in mind at this time, I was also working weekends and, you know, sometimes afternoons or evenings at the, the car wash. And so I tried to bolster my, my rep there saying, you know, Hey, I've sold car washes before. Right. <laughs> um, and so they, they gave me a go at the sales department and that's really when I fell in love with what we do, um, today. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, from there, I, I know we both kind of fell into a role at Intuit where we were selling to small businesses and I'm, I'm sure if any of our old leaders were, were listening in today, they probably would know at times we were more trouble than we were worth, <laughs> but um, yeah. So after, you know, John and I worked, I think for, we kept for, the, the value prop there. I think we were still worth something. We, we kept them on their toes. We made them lead. That was one thing that we did. <laughs> we needed some guidance. That's true. Um, but kind of from there, I know, um, John, I worked there for, for almost two years and, and you were probably there for mm-hmm. about a year and a half. Um, right. So obviously I, w- I was there both as sort of an entry level sales rep and then moving into an account manager role before I moved over to AppDynamics where I am today. So re- really focusing on sort of the, the mid-market space, leaning into enterprise light, which is really focusing on those companies with anywhere from a couple hundred to a couple thousand employees. And I think that's really where the champion building aspect really became apparent to me is my role at AppDynamics. And John, I know you, you probably have some, some good stories and examples from Intuit where you were able to focus on the champion aspect. And I know I have more on the AppDynamics side, but do you have any specific references, I guess, from, from when you were at Intuit where you really saw that success where a champion, building a champion resulted in a better relationship both for you and that client and the business? Yeah, and I've got stories of both successes and failures in doing this at all three companies I've, I've worked for now since, uh, since graduating college into it, a fiber sales company, and then my current company, HCSS, selling uh, construction software um, or construction to software or <laughs> software to construction companies. Right. Um, so at Intuit though, kind of the, my first taste of, of building this champion and how that really helped me out. We had a product called uh, PTO or ProTax Online and it was kind of a lightweight version of our you know, tax and accounting software. It definitely feels like forever since we sold that. I mean, that for me, I was still selling yeah. that probably about a year and a half, two years ago. But when your career is only three or four <laughs> years old. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, it feels, feels like, like forever, forever ago. ago. <laughs> yeah. And I was racking my brain to remember what PTO stood for. So I'm, I'm glad I got that out. Um, but so I was, this was one of our, our products at Intuit. And there was an older accountant winding down. He had used our, you know, powerhouse flagship system, LACERT, for the majority of his career. He'd been working, you know, 45, 50 years. And as he was kind of winding down his tax practice, it made fiscal sense to go with uh, our our lighter software. But he really wasn't feeling comfortable around it. So I sat down with Jim and we talked on the phone for, oh gosh, probably 45, 50 minutes. And I'd say 15 of that was around um, tax and accounting. The rest of it really revolved around just him and what was going on with his business and his life. And, you know, as a, as a young, I think I was, what, 22 at the time, as a young sales rep, I thought, well, gosh, I just wasted, you know, almost an hour of my day. I could have been making dials, um, you know, just talking to this guy. And sure enough, 
I don't think it was, but a week later, maybe two weeks later, Jim calls back and he places an order. And, you know, we kind of talk for a little bit even afterwards. And a month later he calls, calls again and he calls again and he calls again. And we had an ongoing relationship for the last probably six to eight months uh, before I, I parted ways with into it just through okay. listening. And I think that's absolutely critical to note is that the understanding their personal why is really going to get them on your side because obviously we work for these different companies and these companies are our paycheck, which help, you know, facilitate our livelihood with our families. But we have a personal motivation for that. Maybe that is our family or maybe it's to facilitate a hobby that we're doing. So I I like to call out that as a young salesman, you sort of were looking at the situation as potentially wasted time. But it very well could be the, could have been what made the difference and and why they wanted to go with with the platform. Um, and I'd just say because of focusing on their why. Yeah, and I'd say not just the platform, but why he called me back. Right, we had a line that he could call in and and order tax returns from, or you know, anything he really wanted to do after that initial sale. I wasn't needed, but. There was a there was a reason why he continued to come to me and purchase through me, right? And and, and I like what you called out at the very beginning that th- this is something that you see both in a successful sale and an unsuccessful sale, and we have stories from both. I actually when absolutely I, you know a little while ago when um, it was actually during my time at App Dynamics, I had built up a champion at this one company I was selling to, and unfortunately when times got tough here with coronavirus, there was. Uh, sort of realignment and layoff within the company. And I had heard about it from the the folks I was still working with internally. And one of our kind of my old champions, I reached out to him via LinkedIn, just said, Hey, man, how are you doing? Uh, hope everything's going well. And mm-hmm. he responded to me, he said, Hey, you know, unfortunately, I'm not at the company anymore. Sorry that we weren't able to continue to work together, but gave me some good insider advice. And I could have stopped there. That just really was showing of the relationship as it was that he was willing to share some good insight into how yeah. I could potentially progress the deal. But I, I made it clear to him. I was like, yeah, I heard about the layoffs and would love to continue just connecting with you. And we actually, over the last couple months, you know, occasionally we'll share content with each other, whether that be an article or maybe a book. And even recently he sent me over his resume um, asking for a referral to, to my company. So I think that's a good call out too is, I guess what defines success in a champion building situation? Yes, that could be sometimes closing a deal, but it could also really be focusing on having a meaningful relationship. And I think that's why psychology carried well over to sales for me um, Mm -hmm. is because there really is a focus on the person first. And at the end of the day, you know, you can close a deal, but Hopefully, no matter what, no matter how good or bad you are at sales, hopefully you can always walk away with a richer network and and more friends, frankly. Right. And, and it's that we, we've talked about it and I think it dovetails into kind of our, our last point. Well, um, the concept of, you know, the person first and building those relationships is actually this podcast has stemmed off of a company that Roman and I have started um, a few months ago. Roman, do you want to kind of dive into that? Sure. Yeah. So the the company we started, we actually initially ran a market test back in October just to see the receptiveness. 
Um, and the, the company's called Booster. And what we're jumping off, kind of our jumping off point is a gifting platform. So the ability to schedule, send, select gifts from the marketplace um, and be able to track those and follow up easily with customers. So that's sort of our initial starting point. But what, what our vision is, is to build out a tool that really focuses on the champion building, and maintaining and retaining aspect of every sales cycle uh, across deals and across companies. So more to come on what that actually looks like, but we really hope with this podcast and that product to focus on that end-to-end champion building experience. Right, and not just the the building of that relationship, you know, or the prospecting and getting people's foot in the door, but the maintaining and cultivating of that relationship, right? It's not just, hey, let me just try to get in front of you for, you know, as many seconds as you'll give me. It's, hey, maybe we should talk, maybe we shouldn't, but let's let's sit down and figure out, you know, if my product can be helpful to you. And if not, you know, I might be able to point you in the right direction. Right, right. Absolutely. And that's, and that's one of the big things we want to do both for the podcast and the product. We're actually releasing our beta software here uh, likely in late July. And we are hoping to get that feedback and really continue to build a product that is going to be of value to our customer base. But similarly, we want to do that with the podcast. We want to bring folks in, whether they be leaders, LinkedIn influencers, individual contributors. Um, we want to be having a conversation and, and hopefully be sharing valuable information from these folks that we bring on in a way that's going to create value for you, the audience, but also in a way that's also going to hopefully educate us because we know that we are young in our career and have a lot to learn as well. Yeah, we'll take anybody that'll have us, right? Anybody willing right. to come on and, and, <laughs> and give us the time of day, we'd be happy to talk because I think like we've talked, touched on a couple times, it's just learning from everybody. And uh, that's that's what this is all about. So. That's what I'm ex- most excited for. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm excited for for the aspect to learn. And I think kicking off a podcast is always an awkward thing, sitting in front and yeah. watching yourself and then having to listen to yourself later when you're recording. I think it puts me outside of my comfort zone a little bit. And I think I am excited to have that, especially as we start moving towards a more digital world of speaking remotely and and having to go through and really focus on those conversations a little bit more intentionally, I think is something I'm really excited about, but especially as we start bringing guests on, I I'm crossing my fingers that I can hone my craft a little bit more. Perfect. Well, well awesome. that's all I got. You have anything else? No, that's, that's it for me. So just kind of reiterating that last ask, if um, anyone who's listened to the end, we would love to have you on and in, in, in kind of future conversations. First off, thank so, you. Yeah. Yeah. If you made it this far, you're, you're a trooper. And, and especially if you make it through anything else that we send here soon. But um, our plan is to beginning to launch a podcast every two weeks, just to kind of get ease into it, make sure that we're um, putting out quality content versus just a lot of content. But um, hopefully any insights that you have, anything that you would like us to discuss, or if you're interested in joining in, either reach out to us via LinkedIn Messenger or just comment when we post this. Uh, But thanks again, everyone, for joining in. Look forward to um, having you back on soon and uh, look forward to hearing from you all.